everyone! Before we start, I wanted to let you know, if you would like to watch our whole service, head to our website, that's dc2.me, and from the media drop-down, click Sermons. You can watch our whole service there. And now, here's this week's sermon. Dear God, we come here to this place in all kinds of places, in our hearts and in our minds. And God, um, we're thankful that you meet us in those places. God, some of us are really weary and tired. Some of us are scared. Some of us have confusion and turmoil going on. God, some of us are sick. Or we know people that are sick. That weighs heavy. But God, in all of those places you say, I'm here with you. And that's why we come to worship. That's why we come back to you. And so we pray, God, that in these next few moments, the continuation of our songs and the embrace of the prayers and the conversation with you, and then just the movement and the scriptures, and then back to response, God. We pray that we will be fully present with you as you are fully present with us. And we ask this in the name of your good, good son, Jesus. Oh, it is incredible to see you all. Uh, it was about this time, or maybe a little bit earlier, that I was uh, last year, or uh, gosh, however long it's been. Does, does anybody even know what year it is? Uh, and I was supposed to come and preach here at Discovery, and I got the call. No services, uh, no preaching. Can you show up so that we can do a little bit of video camera fun? And Steve and I sat on a little, some stools over here, and we began this journey, and it's looking like uh, maybe we're coming out of it a little bit, which is really great. So I hope that everybody just look around real quick. These are people. They, people exist, and this is a good thing, all right? Uh, so it's, it, it's amazing to be here. As you know, we're in this series called Old Words and New Power, and Steve had this great idea, and I love the way he said it last week, that we would take words that were associated with the church, right, uh, words that people hated, and figure out how we would come to love them, all right? And so last week, he talked to you about confession. Everybody loved that one, I heard. It was really fun and exciting. Next week, um, he's going to talk to you about absolution, and that's a really interesting word, and you should definitely come back and hear that one because there is so much power and goodness in that word. And today, get ready, we are going to talk about repentance. Yes! I'm glad you guys are excited. I was scared to death. Um, we are going to talk about this word. And it's, I mean, it's a word that actually has some crazy baggage, right? When you think about repentance, you think about all the bad things. Well, first I have to think about my own sin. Whoa. And then that sin might lead me to feel guilty. No way do I want to go there. That guilt might lead you to feel shame. And you're like, double no way. I'm not going there to experience that kind of stuff. And then you start thinking about God's wrath, maybe, or his anger. And you're like, why would I want to be associated with a word like repentance? Right? It's a scary word. 
And maybe when you think about repentance, you have this idea of this uh, fire, you know, hell fire and brimstone preaching red in the face, yelling at you, repent from your sins, right? Or maybe the condescending view of a priest that it's like he knows everything about you and he's judging you every step you take. And maybe you have those kind of feelings that there's no way that you would even come close to the word repentance. But Steve is right in saying that all of these words, even though they're scary, they're actually pathways to freedom. There are some ways and some things and some thoughts and some beliefs that just shackle us, uh, keep us in bondage. But repentance is a pathway to move from that bondage to freedom. You might also want to think about it this way, like repentance could be the key to wholeheartedness. Like there is something about sin that keeps us living a numb life or an, uh, maybe a, a second uh, uh, hand kind of life. It's not full living. It's just like you're going through the motions. And maybe repentance is the key to move you from that kind of life to a wholehearted life, a whole life. Maybe this is a gift that God is trying to give us. And so the goal is that by the end of the sermon, everybody will love repentance, all right? We are going to love repenting. We're going to repent every day. It's going to be a repentance fest. This church may be renamed Repentance Christian Church, all right? And we're going to have fun doing that. So what is repentance? I mean, we're going to go through the whole deal. What is it? Uh, what are we turning to and turning from? Uh, how is it that we actually do it? We're going to move through all that stuff. And so when you think about repentance, uh, the very first thing that you just should think of is that it's as simple as this. Repentance means to turn, to turn around. You're going one way, you figure out like this is not the right way, and you decide to turn. And you try to start taking steps in another direction. When my little ones, uh, my daughters were young, uh, younger than they are now, and they're still young daughters, I was trying to teach them repentance because that's what a good preacher does in their living room at night, you know, just for fun, right? And so I was trying to figure out, you know, so repentance is, you know, you do something bad and then you try to do something good. You turn towards the good. And so my girls were doing like this little shuffle around, like, you know, they're turning around. I said, no, no, it's, it's even more than that. It's like you're going far away from the good. And then you realize that you have to turn around and come back. And I said, here's how we're going to do this. So I started getting them all together. And I said, we're going to do this thing where you're going to run to the other side of the room. And when I yell repent, you're going to turn around and come run back to me. All right? It's, I mean, try it at home. Anybody want to come try it now? No, we won't do that. I mean, it, it, was, it was a blast. They'd go off and take off running, and they'd run as fast as they could. And I'd yell in my best preacher voice, repent. And they'd turn around and come running back to me, and I'd grab them in a big bear hug. And I said, you did it, baby. You repented, you know. It was just a beautiful time. Repentance really is just about turning around, is knowing that you're going the wrong way and something nudges you, a voice reminds you, no, 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 not that way. And you come running back to the goodness, maybe even the goodness of the Father. Repentance also then has then, as you study, study the scriptures, some more connections to this holistic kingdom of God. In Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, it's the first one in the New Testament, and you start reading through there and you read the stories about this little baby Jesus being born. And it's just the cutest, you know, story in the world and beautiful. 
And then he kind of grows up and he then moves through some crazy stuff of temptation in the desert. And uh, read that story, that's wild. And then finally, it moves into this place where he begins his public ministry. And in his public ministry, he starts teaching and he starts doing miracles and he starts preaching. And out of his mouth comes his first words, his first preaching words. And I want to show you that here. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He had a big group of people, and he yells out, repent, turn around. Get your gaze off of what your gaze was on. Get your focus off of what you were looking at before. Turn around and take a look. You're in the midst of a new kingdom. You're in the midst of a kingdom that is here and now. Repentance has to do with turning, but it has to do with turning to something. And the way that Jesus talks about it is that you're turning towards a new king and new kingdom. Now, kingdom is also an antiquated kind of word. And, you know, we think about knights and shining armor and, you know, swords and fights and all that kind of stuff. But a kingdom, maybe if you were to bring it to a more modern term, just basically means a way to order yourself. We, we use the word politic. You know, people say, well, you shouldn't talk about politics in the church. But actually, the kingdom of God is all about ordering a new society. It is a politic of sorts. And the politic that God gives us is just such a beautiful, high values, beautiful ethics, love of neighbor, love of God place that our little politics just don't even come close. I mean, we try, but we just can't live up to that value. That's why God was saying, like, you've been looking at all these little politics in your life, not just the ones that we know, but all of the different ways that we order ourselves in society. And he says, that's just far too little to look at. Repent from all that. And look, look here, a new kingdom has come. A new way of ordering ourselves has come. And if you want to know about that kingdom, keep reading in Matthew, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. It is amazing what Jesus is calling us to. It is amazing what Jesus is calling us to. And it's two different kinds of repentance, really, that's going on there. Because the first repentance is this one repentance that is almost like a once and for all repentance. It's what you hear in most churches. Like, come and be saved. Repent of your sins. uh, Receive forgiveness and be saved. There's a once and for all repentance where God says, hey, repent from your sins, past, present, and future. And I will receive you and forgive you and give you new life and make you a new creation. I will take your sins away. We will be back together in relationship and you will have abundant life and eternal life. It is an incredible gift of grace that God gives us. This is the repentance of salvation. Uh, When people tell me, you know, I don't want to do any of this repentance stuff. I'm like, do you know what God is offering? Because the gifts that he offers through repentance are amazing. There's actually 78 verses in the Bible that talk about repentance, and you can go through them this week, uh, 10 verses a day, and you'll finish it by the week. You'll become a repentance expert, okay? And, uh, and in it, you start seeing the textures of repentance and the gifts of repentance. I plucked some of those out that I wanted to show you here. Take a look at this list. This is what repentance gives. Forgiveness of sins. Rejoicing in heaven. It says actually any time that somebody repents, there's a big party up in heaven, the angels party. In Acts 2, it says that we receive the Holy Spirit. When we repent, God gives you the power then to live a life that he's called you to. Your sins are wiped out. Because of your sins being wiped out, there are times of refreshing. 
There is new life that is given. There is salvation that is given. And because of that salvation, there are no regrets. Because of that salvation, there are no regrets. And so, it's, it's, it makes me wonder, why would people not want to repent? I mean, the gifts of God that are given through repentance bring us freedom, bring us wholeness, bring us life in this life and in the next. So that's one plane of repentance. This is once and for all repentance. We call everyone, God calls everyone to this kind of repentance. But there's also a second plane of repentance, and that's what I would call maybe a lifestyle of repentance. Uh, On this side of heaven, sin still encroaches and sneaks around in the realm of the kingdom. And so we have to deal with it. That means that even though we have repented from our sins and God has forgiven us, past, present, and future in a macro way, there's also this place that we continue to move in places of repentance. That we say, man, I messed up. I thought the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. I believe the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. And I know it was wrong, and I've got to turn and go a different way. I've got to repent. There's this thing that says that there is a lifestyle of repentance. All of us move through different things. I mean, you can, uh, I'm sure that if we had a, a little bit of uh, time to write down some notes about the ways that we've messed up this week or this month or this year, we could fill up some notebooks, right? And God invites us again to say, hey, you don't have to go that way. You can go actually a new way. You don't have to live in that bondage. You can actually move to freedom. You don't have to live that second half life. You can actually move to wholeheartedness and wholeness in abundant life. And he says, you can over and over and over again use this key of repentance to move back to freedom, to move back to wholeness. So again, you're sitting there going like, wow, this is amazing. Like God has given me a gift that unlocks the beauty of his kingdom all around me and in my life. I'm in. I want repentance. It's not a scary word. It's actually a word of life. It's not a scary word. It's actually one of those words that you're like, can I do it again? It's almost like a good cookie, a, you know, a big stack of cookies. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. I want to continue to repent so I can continue to grow in the Lord. I want to continue to repent so I can continue to find wholeness. I want to continue to repent so that I can live free. So you have to think about, what are we repenting from? And again, we can make up a lot of lists. And I actually did a little list of the things that we can repent from and the things that we can repent to. Take a look. This is maybe 25% of a list that we could make. But here's what you're turning from and turning to. From bondage to freedom. From numbness to wholeheartedness. From anger to peace. From greed to generosity. From hatred to love. From arrogance to humility. From controlling to trusting. From desperate to hopeful. From selfish to serving. From judging to forgiving. Do you know that if you live on the left side of this column... You're in bondage. You know that if you hang out with people that hang out on the left side of this column, you're like, ah, no thanks. 
But you also know that if you've ever dabbled on this right side, your right side of the column, you know that there is freedom there. You know that if you hang out with those kind of people, you want to be around them more. And this is what repentance unlocks. We keep turning from these things because we're human. We're going to go to the left side a bunch, okay? Don't, don't feel bad about that. It's just what we do. And God says, it's okay because I got this thing for you. It's called repentance. And you can turn back to the other side as much and as often as you need to. And I'll receive you over and over again. And that is the truth because we're not just turning from things we're turning to a person. We're turning to a who. It strikes me in that little story that I tell about my kids running back and forth that I'm not telling them to run back to some kind of philosophy or principles. I'm asking them to run back to me. I'm asking them to run back to a loving father that's open, I mean, arms open wide. I want to embrace them and encourage them and send them back off on their way. And that's the God that you can repent to. Now, some of us, I understand, if your image of God is that he's wrathful and violent and vengeful, then of course you wouldn't want to go to that God, repent to that God, turn back to that God. But I'm here to tell you that if you look at the whole arc of Scripture, if you look at his patience and his kindness and his love and his grace, and I mean, he just continuously is for us. Romans 8.31 actually says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Walter Brueggemann says that maybe we are actually, or that God is actually more for us than we are for ourselves. God is for you. And if he's for you, you can run back to him every time. In the New Testament, it starts uh, linking his character to repentance. Take a look at a couple of these scriptures. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, He, God, is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. And then in Romans 2.4, it says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. You see, the God that you're turning to is patient with you. That's why you're still around, by the way. The God that you're turning to is kind, and that's why he offers repentance, because he knows it leads to life, and he'll keep offering it. And I know that whenever you think about that, you're saying, but what about the Old Testament? What about this and what about that? I mean, God seems angry sometimes. And it does seem like God has some moments of just, like, you're like, ah. Oh. But maybe the best picture to think about when you think about God is the picture of a good shepherd. And in John, we actually get that picture. Take a look. John, I think it's chapter 10, verse 27 through 28. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Sometimes I get angry with my kids. It's just the thing that fathers do sometimes. And I think whenever you look at God, sometimes he does get angry. But it comes out of this place of knowing that there could be such a better way 
for his kids to go. And so the good shepherd reminds me of this thing that, yes, he is disciplining and he is, you know, sometimes directing and he's sometimes saying like, no, no, no. And he just grabs you and puts you right back. And he is this good shepherd that keeps you protected and safe. And in the middle of that, he asks us to continue to come back to him. So we turn from some things, but we also uh, turn from some things towards a loving, kind, generous, beautiful God. So how is it that we move into repentance? One of my friends um, in a little circle of men the other day decided that he would confess to us some sin and uh, try his best to repent. And he went through this process letting us know that he had uh, believed some things over the last few years. And in the middle of the beliefs, he started acting in some ways that alienated some people in his life and burned some bridges in his life uh, with some friends and some family members. And he went on to say that then all of a sudden he realized and some things were proven out for him that it, the things that he was believing and the things that he were, do, were doing, was doing were not true and were not right. So there was this little nudge, this little um, place of conviction. And so he was telling us that now he had gone back to the Father and asked for forgiveness. But then that the Father had asked him then to go back into his life and start making things right. He gave us a little bit of a picture of how repentance works. There is this place of acknowledgement, this place of remorse, this place of going to the Father, and then this place of joining the Father and making things right. I made a little list again for you to just kind of see the process of repentance so that when the next time that you're feeling convicted or guilty, that maybe you can find a way through the process of coming back to the Father. The first thing that happens is always a realization, a conviction. Uh, sometimes that's followed with guilt and shame. Um, in Acts 2, when Peter was talking to some people and telling them about the gospel, it says that uh, they were cut to the heart. You ever felt that? You just feel that conviction. That's not bad. Again, that's a gift from God that says, not that way. Don't go that way. You can go a different way, a better way. And so the first thing that you'll feel is a, a realization. I was thinking the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, believing the wrong thing, or doing the wrong thing. And then you move into a place where God invites you to repent. Every time you feel conviction, the very next thing that happens is God saying, you can repent now. You can, it, it's, a, it's a possibility. I'm giving you a gift. We can turn from this. And then we do what humans do. We think it through. What's this going to cost me? What's this going to do? Is this the right thing? How do I say it? How do I not say it? Who do I confess to? What's it going to make me look like? Etc. Etc. That's okay. That's human. Move through that process. God's in you in that process. And then in the middle of the process, I hope that you remember this time, that you're turning from bondage to freedom. You're turning from numbness to wholeheartedness. And you're turning to a loving, kind, and patient God. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, that will give you enough courage to turn and start walking towards him. That's the next thing that happens. God invites you. We think it through. We turn. We take a step. And then God, this is so good, he will receive you. He will forgive you. He will take away your guilt and your shame. Only God can do that stuff. 
there is some beautiful spiritual gifts that he does in our hearts that only he can do. Receive those. And then he teaches you a new way to live. He says, yeah, you don't have to go that way anymore. Let me teach you the new way of the kingdom. And then finally, he will go with you to go make things right. There is something about repentance, and maybe this is another scary part, is that repentance may lead you to a place where you actually have to go do something to make what you messed up right. And that's hard. And God says, you don't have to do that alone. I will go with you. I will give you the words. I will give you the heart. I will give you the courage. And my presence will go with you. You may need some other brothers and sisters to go with you too. But God says, I am with you in the middle of that repentance. So, I want to invite you to repent. I want to invite some of you to repent in a way that you've never repented before. Maybe this is the first time ever you've even considered the word or considered actually acting on it. Maybe this is the first once and for all kind of repentance move that you've ever made. And I would say, God says, he invites you, he says, repent, repent, repent. Turn from all the sin of your life. Let me receive you into new life and into the kingdom, to abundant life and to eternal life. And if that's you, amen, hallelujah. Those are little churchy terms that we use. And know that there's people, uh, angels dancing in heaven. But then for you that have you know, joined into that invitation, for you that have maybe walked through this thing for a long time, I'm inviting you to a lifestyle of repentance. That from now on you'll see repentance as the key that brings you wholeness, the pathway that brings you freedom, and you will not be scared anymore of that word. And that you'll learn to love it and cherish it. And I invite you to move into that space. This is why God has given us this word. Because he knows it brings life. This is why it's such a beautiful word that we should embrace and use often. This is why we should learn to love repentance. Do you love it? Do you love it? Let's pray. God, um, you're so good and you are that good that it doesn't matter how bad we've screwed up. You still love us and receive us and are patient with us and are kind with us and you forgive us. And so God, we will completely take advantage of this beautiful gift you've given us through repentance and we ask you Lord to forgive us and God we pray that in the middle of then our lifestyle our life our everyday living and walking around life that God every time that we start moving the wrong way where thoughts are filled in other places except for the kingdom and our mouths are running in places that are destructive and our beliefs are actually leading us to places that are not good. God, would you help us to repent with gladness. Repent with joy, knowing that on the other side is a loving God ready to restore us and set us back on the pathway to freedom. God, we ask all these things in your precious name. Amen.